I heard about a minister that gave a sermon on the fact that no one was perfect. And to prove his point, he asked people in the congregation uh, that if anybody thought they were perfect, to please stand up. One guy stood up. The minister said, do you really think you're perfect? And the guy said, oh, no, no, no. I'm just representing my wife's first husband. (laughs) When I was in school, they said practice makes perfect. And then they uh, told us that nobody's perfect, so I always figured, why practice? (laughs) There were only, the only things I practiced were the things I wanted to practice. Some of you were a whole lot more studious, most of you, as a matter of fact, were a whole lot more studious than I ever was. Um, Seems to me that large numbers of people arrive at adulthood with something playing in the back of their heads that tells them they're not good enough. I'm pretty sure that that comes from outside influences and sources. I don't think that we show up feeling that way. I mean, I, I, I believe any of us would look in the face of an inf- infant and see the innocence there. The idea of original sin is not part of what Unitarian Universalists usually carry in their toolbox of faith. The idea of original innocence is a whole lot more in line with what we think the source and direction of life is about. If you'll notice in the orders of service, this is a free pulpit. I speak my beliefs, and it's up to you to weigh what I say against your beliefs. And the other people that speak from this pulpit do the same thing. We move in the school year through a number of topics Uh, We start with Unitarian Universalist identity, and then we go to our Jewish and Christian heritage, and then we go to world religions, and then we go to peace and social justice and the interdependent web web of existence. And then we go to personal spiritual growth and development. All of these things are, are what the kids are working on in their religious education classes on Sundays. And we move through them in seasons like that and try to stay on those topics with the adults uh, also. Coming back in from summer, I just kind of like to remind us very generally um, that Unitarian Universalists are not about perfection. We believe that our human fallibility is part of the perfection and and are a whole lot more inclined to line up with Leonard Cohen's idea, the lyricist, that there's a crack in everything 
And that's how the light gets in. The light being deeper truth or God or, or the spirit of something that is bigger and quite frankly, I think, humbling. But it can fill us up. Searching for, for perfection that is not a part of nature or, or, or things as they actually are is to be driven for something that may well keep you miserable. When we learn to acknowledge and accept our own imperfection right where we are, we begin to gain the capacity to carry deep compassion and forgiveness to the world that we don't, we don't reach adulthood without having been hurt by. I've got all kinds of dangling prepositions today. Um, what was that quote about? That is something up with which I will not put when we come together we can find that things that we fear that we're afraid of somebody else might not be and we can either be irritated by that and, and you know, argue for our limitations or we can begin to listen to why somebody else isn't afraid of that and entertain the possibility that maybe we don't have to be either. If we listen to one another's stories, especially the ones that are not like ours, we get new tools for our toolbox, and we believe that diversity is a strength, not a weakness. So preparing for a Labor Day service, I was put in mind of uh, a passage in the Christian New Testament, the book of Matthew, chapter 11, 28 and 29. Uh, Come unto me, and all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Yokes were a tool on farms that were to help beasts of burden work together so that they were stronger. How many of you have ever been in a three-legged race? Years ago when inner tubes were in tires and they were made out of rubber, we used to cut strips of these round 
inner tubes to use for bands around our ankles. And you would, one person would put one foot in the band and they would put their arm around somebody, like this is my, my foot. I put this foot in the band and somebody else over here facing the same direction as me puts this foot in the band. <laughs> you hold on to each other and you try to run. The only way you learn how to do that is by not doing it well. I mean, you can talk through it and maybe work through stuff ahead of time, but it's still going to take a minute or two, a step or two to hit your stride. But I think of three-legged races as being kind of like a yoke. In the regard that you have to work together in order to pull it off. Three-legged races don't have anything to do with making a bird or glider. And neither does a yoke if the, if the parties in the yoke aren't working together. But we talk about sharing burdens and that lightening our load and sharing our joys and that multiplying them. Um, There are a whole lot of Unitarian Universalists, I think, that are comfortable with the idea of following examples of inclusion and justice and love set in the Christian Testament by Jesus. The idea of being gentle in your coming together and the idea of having some humility in your coming together and the idea of sharing yokes is what I think beloved community is about. I think that's what labor unions intention was to pull together to lighten the load and to get accomplished tasks that couldn't be done alone. Some religious folks these days seem to be inclined to think that uh, God's job is to love people and that their job is to fix them. I heard someone say that earlier this week. Um, we can feel a lot of responsibility for writing the things around us. I think it is our responsibility to do what we can to make a difference in all of the things that we see that stir us to action. Hopefully, anything we see that strikes us as wrong, unfair, unjust, um, not simply out of habits of thought, or habits of behavior, but because we care. And because we're learning all the time to live more and more and more from a love that's greater than us. In compassion for a world that is always 
full of pain and suffering, and will be. Our work is coming together and learning to be more respectful and perfectly who we are. You know, come as you are, but know who you are. Know who you really are. If we can come together and practice here, putting away our public masks, which for me and I would imagine most of us are our default setting, we've learned that that's who we need to be in public to get along best with other people. But it's not until we set those aside and make peace with the people we are at the very heart of what's inside of that, that we start having the clarity that gives us compassion for the other broken people in the world. It's our job to bear witness to the inspiration that that kind of courage can bring and the transformations that it makes in people's lives. And then to carry the hope generated by that out into the world. As spiritual beings, we grow far more from recognizing what we've done wrong than we do being satisfied with what we think we do okay. One of our Unitary Universalist principles, some ideas that we've covenanted to within the broader Unitary Universalist Association of Congregations, one is acceptance of one another and encouragement to spiritual growth. I think that sounds like a responsibility to keep trying to grow. Anyone who's been around me very much has probably heard me say more than once that I believe paradox is more the rule than the exception. I think it's our binary, dualistic kind of thinking that that is part of how we navigate the world and it's necessary to navigate the world. But the limitations of those structures keep us from being able to understand things that don't fit logic the way that we are given to follow logic. But we've, we've all seen that picture of a yin-yang, the circle. So if we call that the wholeness of existence. And in that wholeness, there is a dark portion that leads into a light portion, that leads into a dark portion, that leads into a light portion. Inside the light portion, there is a darkness. And inside the light portion, no, inside the light portion there's a darkness, and inside the dark portion there's a light. If we go through the world looking for the light in other people, we're a whole lot more likely to find it. And sometimes when we can't see it, 
we have to look inside ourselves to recognize that it's still there anyway. Somehow, in the coexistence of all of these opposites, the sum of the parts adds up to a perfection that we cannot fathom. And if you think you have it figured out, I would love to hear briefly what that means to you. I don't think we have to. And I think part of being the people that we know ourselves capable of being is to, is to grow in to being accepting of the things as they are. Working to change what we can. The serenity prayer that I, I feel sure many of you have heard. God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change. I would add things as they are. And still, the courage to change the things I can and the wisdom to know the difference. Last week I was talking about if we don't see how things really are, we don't have a place to begin trying to change them. And uh, I was writing something for the newsletter that I hope you will read because there's a process in it that I'm trying to introduce here that's brand new for us. Um, it will be out very soon, so please watch for it. Um, I lost where I was going. Jump. Thank you for going with me. The song that we, the choir started with that uh, I borrowed from Santana. The song that Santana wrote has uh, Spanish words in it and I put in English words that are not even what the Spanish words meant. <laughs> Unitarian co-opting. Uh, opting. Um, the words that I put in are come together, come together, maybe we can drop the masks. Make a window in the world that we care about and see change that lasts. The windows to me are different than the cracks the light get in. But it's the same light. And the windows are where we're opening spaces between us. The wounds heal and we get new ones. The windows can remain open if we have that kind of courage. Know who you are. Know who you are at your core. If you're empty and have the urn turned over, come join us. If you're full, come join us. We can do this work together. 
we can practice being beloved community here. The hope we have for humankind is in its ability to learn the ways of love and compassion, follow the examples set by the avatars of Jesus and Gandhi and even Dr. King. the people who spoke truth to power with love. The people who in their own uh, imperfection carried heart for the world and for the work. When we come together bringing who we truly are, the diversity makes us stronger in carrying that message and the dreams we share of beloved community grow stronger, taller, and more deeply rooted and will surely bear more fruit of love and justice and peace. Our closing hymn is Gonna Build a Mountain. It's an insert in your orders of service. <clears throat> 